Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we have an old-fashioned, old-timey, just kidding, Q&A <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a really long time. Uh, so we are definitely overdue on this, but we can't wait to answer your questions. We'll see you at the table. Um, I feel like we should say hello to everyone and like, yes. hey, how's Hi, it going? Everyone. Thank <laughs> you for thank you for listening to us and you know, good morning, good night, good evening, wherever you yeah, are. <laughs> whatever time of day it is. Whatever you're doing. We really appreciate all of you sitting and listening to us, taking us out for your walks, working mm-hmm. with you as you're photographing or listing. Um, we we love that everybody has been um, loving the podcast and enjoying the content that we've been putting out, the guests that have been coming on and sharing their wonderful stories with us. So again, we just wanted to just check in and say hi. I think it's so interesting that people listen to us while we while they walk. I'm like, we're that kind of podcast? Okay. I love that. I love that. Like we're there with you. Like get your steps in. Yeah. Let's go. You can do it. Um, yeah, it's been, I mean, we're, we're beyond the halfway point of the season. Yes. We're approaching the end of season four, which is wild. Um, and I'm sure we'll do more like reflection type things at the, at the end in December, like we usually do. Um, but yeah, this Q&A is interesting. There's some very interesting questions on here. <laughs> mm-hmm, and uh, we'll be obviously honest because that's all we ever are here, which is why mm-hmm. we may not be some people's cup of tea, but that's okay. Um, let's just start with the first one, which I think is yeah. something that a lot of people uh, can probably relate to. And yeah. it is, what would you change or have you changed in your reselling business in 2023? Um, I'll, I'll start. So for me, as I pulled back a lot, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I started pulling back last year too. Um, but when I say pull back, it's more of like, I'm only sourcing those very specific pieces that bring in a certain dollar mark for me. Um, so less work, less time. Um, but same or more amount of money that I was making the previous year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think at some point, a lot of us reach that point in reselling where you're like, all right, that like hustle and bustle of finding all these items, like over it, don't want to do it. Uh, I just want to find that one or two, maybe three pieces that are really worth it, put them up and get the rewards for that. Um, That's definitely one of the biggest changes in 2023. Um, There isn't anything else really. It's just scaling back the amount of work and focusing on very particular pieces and trends that um, sell on the platforms. I think this is hard if you're newer to reselling. Uh, I don't think this is an easy thing to just jump into I think you need to experience all the other things first yeah um Jen was a full-time reseller so I'm sure she Mm -hmm. can definitely talk about the the transition from you know that aspect to basically um only reselling things that are her own now um so go ahead now that I'm sharing your whole side of it (laughs) no no absolutely so yeah I think it's easy to when you start you know to really want to get those numbers up you know, get those listings and list every day and list not only special, special items that, you know, are going to command a certain dollar amount, but also like bread and butter, like, but, um, I know for me, like you said, obviously I'm in a little bit of a different boat. However, the biggest thing that I really focus on is yes, I, I usually just resell things that I get for myself, or if I'm at the thrift store and I find something incredibly unique and uh, that I can't pass up. I'll definitely pick up those types of pieces. But again, I think it's like focusing on where am I going to get the biggest bang for my buck? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like looking at um, bread and butter anymore. I have found that um, being more selective as to where I go sourcing is a really big thing too. So, um, you know, if it's really far away, you know, gas is $5 a gallon out here, at least for my car, you know, so I have to consider that if, if it's worth it for me to drive and lose half a tank or something like that. 
Um, is it worth it for me to go to the bins anymore and spend, you know, four or five hours because I only get three hours or so of free time in my entire day now when it comes to my, you know, my day job and then my daughter and my family and all my other responsibilities. So it's like tailoring my time, you know, and being a lot more selective as to where I source and what I source is really the biggest changes that I know that I've had. Um, I have left behind like things that I would have loved to have picked up a couple of years ago all the time. Like as an example, you know, I, I found like, um, a for love and lemons dress and I would have been so psyched to have like grabbed that, but it was just a black dress. I looked at the comps. It was a piece that was oversaturated in the market. It only commanded like 25 bucks, you know, or 20 bucks. I'm like, not worth it for me, you know, to, to spend all that time and, um, put in all the effort for a $20 return and that's not including my cost. Right. Right. So it's, it's about really that I think is really what has changed a lot. And I think that's changed for a lot of people. I feel like I don't see a lot of people bulk buying as much anymore as they used to. I even see people who are at the bins and they're selectively grabbing things at the bins. Like, yeah, they might have a huge cart, but in the end, after they sort everything, I don't see those huge full carts as much anymore as I used to. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect segue into the next question, which is how do you keep up with the trends and what people are buying on platforms? These, I think the first question, this kind of go together. If you want to be more selective, if you want to find those pieces that are going to give you the most money that you can get without doing a ton of work, right? Ton of hours sourcing, listing, all that stuff. You have to keep up with what's happening in the fashion world. You just don't have a choice. Um, and you can niche this however you want. You can go as specific as like just shoes, just handbags, or just luxury. I mean, there's so many different ways to break it down. But I think the most important thing is, A, you have to at least appreciate fashion. <laughs> like, you don't have to yeah. love it, but you have to appreciate it too. And this is something that Jen and I do all the time because we like fashion is we just go on random websites and just see what they have. Go in random stores and just see what they have. Um, when it comes to platform specifics, you have to actually spend time <laughs> and resources on the, on the platform. You have to look at the soul. You have to do all that stuff. I don't want to say that you can't be successful if you don't do this. I think you can yeah, be successful. There's, there's always going to be people that are going to be looking for that, right. like that blouse from Chico's, that right. blouse from Express or something, you know, brands right. that we don't generally hear about that are like, oh, I really want to get this and I want to get it at a, at a good deal. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. There's always going to be that there. But like Danielle, Danielle was saying, it's like, if you want to get into that business where it's like, how do I shop for trends? How do I buy for trends? Mm -hmm. How do I have a trendy closet that's going to bring me stuff that's going to be, you know, $50 or more on my return on investment? It's like, you've got to do the research. That's the biggest thing. That is the only way that Danielle and I keep up on trends is that we, we do the <laughs> research. And again, a lot of it is because both Danielle and I do have passions for yeah. women's fashion, which is why we focus on women's fashion when it comes to our reselling business. I do not sell electronics because I do not have no. a passion for electronics. I do not no. sell car parts because I do not have a passion for that. Even home goods. I don't have a huge passion for home. I like nice things in my house. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't know what's trendy in the home me industry. And it's like, and I wanted to sell that stuff. I need to I think Neil said, go into really nice stores that you aspire to like, you know, having your dream closet or whatever, like starting there, go to the fancy mall, <laughs> you know, yeah. in your town, go to all those things, see what are the mannequins looking like? What are they wearing? What are people wearing while they're out? What are you, what are they gravitating towards? A lot of times I'll even go into the clearance section and I'll see what's in the clearance section that people didn't want. That's also another way to kind of look and see 
well, what's, what's the dress? Oh, look, I see these dresses with drop waist that nobody wanted. Hmm, maybe that's something that I need to consider while I'm shopping. Or I see a lot of yellow. I see a lot of green in, in the clearance section. Maybe I stay away from those colors. Like mm-hmm. there are places and ways that you can use for free um, for you to figure out trends. You don't need to pay for any trend report or do anything like that. There's so much information on YouTube too that you can look it up. Like Daniela looks at the fashion shows. Like mm-hmm. she will go on probably with like her snack in hand. Yep. And just While say, I'm laying in bed. <laughs> yeah. Dior spring 2024. Mm-hmm. And you just go in there and you look and you see, and, and you'll start seeing like patterns. Like everyone's using this kind of color. Everybody's really into this type of silhouette. They all copy each other. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's definitely, there are ways for you to, keep up with trends but like we said the way that we do it is because we love it we love fashion we love trends we love looking to see what's new and in fashion so that definitely does help yeah someone at work today as I was walking out she says to me she's younger she's like 22 23 Mm -hmm. and she was like Daniela, how do you how do you know what to wear in the morning? Like you just put something together and it just works. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know, because I really un- enjoy fashion and I buy pieces that can mix and match really mm-hmm. well. So and I don't have a lot of pieces, but it's easy for me to create outfits, I guess, in the morning because I've built that kind of wardrobe. But that's also so that has now translated to the way that I have structured my Poshmark closet to be too, where it's like mm-hmm. there's these specific pieces in there that someone could buy to build a wardrobe that's easy and flexible but it just made me think I was like I've never looked at myself as being like fashionable like that at work yeah. because it's work mm-hmm. um but it was just interesting to hear a younger person's perspective like well how do you even put that together well I built it that way <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean yeah. and I think no, okay. those who are back in the workforce like working in offices if that's who your buyer is, then I think that's what you need to look at. What are those pieces that you can buy that someone can go to and get that can create that easy outfit to go to work in? Um, That's like a whole genre that you can specify in. Yeah. And like another good tip would be like when you're at the mall, you can see um, what are the latest tags look like too, because that is something that you need to consider as well. Because yes, I know that vintage is having a huge moment and people are really into vintage. Sure. But no one's going to, people don't want your 2015 J crew skirt. Let's be honest. It's true. So you need to look at the dates and a lot, a lot of companies have date codes on their clothing. So, uh, you know, Something that I definitely do when I'm looking for stuff, even for myself, like an example is that I love Athleta. I love Athleta workout gear and everything. I don't pick up any Athleta unless it's a new tag, even for myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just like, I don't want it. I'm like, it's old. I know it's probably been sitting in the closet more in a lot of times, you know, that's right. So maybe the structure and the integrity of the piece has been um more compromised because it's been used a lot more um and you know it's just I want to be more trendy and and like look a little more not not so like you know skinny jeans even though I have still have I still have one pair of skinny jeans left (laughs) but you know what I mean like like I want to feel on trend and I want to feel on that so a lot of it too is also like internally too I think um that also helps too um yeah keeping up with trends because I also want to look like you said like like I, I want some young kid telling me that I look good and that I that I don't look dated. <laughs> right. When whenever yeah. she said it to me, I just looked at her and was like, Are you talking about me? Like, yeah, you're like, wait, the girl behind me? No, no, yeah. <laughs> sure. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I really think what it comes down to is just researching, looking, using the free re- resources that are out there. Honestly, go to a mall and just watch. Sit down at the mall, grab a coffee, and just watch everyone. Because that will tell you what people want. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, it's really the best, you know, and, and like, look at, even look at the shopping bags. Um, how many Where are they shopping? Where are they shopping? Are they lo- mm-hmm. And it, plus it'll give you an idea too, of like, what are the new stores that are out there, you know? And it's nice to see these stores that like of, of brands that we're always talking about, you know, it, it's nice to see like, what are they selling? Now, if you're in a place where it's like, you don't have that, go on their website mm-hmm. and click on bestsellers. Click on things like um, that are like just back back in stock. You know, mm-hmm. anything that's back in stock. 
focus on those areas, you know, top sellers, best sellers, that kind of stuff, things that are constantly going out of stock. Those are the silhouettes and the styles that you want to focus on. And then on the flip side, go into the clearance section and look and see what do you see a lot that's in there for things to potentially not necessarily avoid, but like also know like, okay, do I pay up for this or not? That's such a good point. The clearance section. Like when you were saying that, I was like, huh, I don't think I really do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Next one is, this is a good one. Is there anything you wish you did differently in your reselling business? I'll have you start Jen. So when you were reselling Mm full-time, is there anything you wish you had done differently? Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the biggest thing that I wish that I had done, I wish I had gone harder than I did. Honestly. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing because even though I know I was doing well in my business, I know I could have done more. And it's funny because we always think about like more and more, not necessarily competition wise or anything like that. But I just sometimes think to myself like, wow, I could have definitely upped my listings a little bit more or even have been more aggressive with like my, my platform that I was trying to sell, which was, you know, before all these new companies came out and everything, Mm -hmm. um, you know, focusing on, on that. So just, um, being a little bit more confident in myself and what I did, I think that was the biggest thing. I think that I lacked a little bit of confidence sometime. I was always uh, sometimes a little bit afraid of like spending that extra money on inventory and getting it out there. I processed about like 40 pieces a week, but like, I do think because I was full time, I think to myself, like, oh, I, I could have done more, you know what I mean? And I could have mm. pushed for more inventory. And I think a lot of that for me this might not be for you. I think a lot of that for me is that like, I, until I became a mom, I didn't realize how much time I wasted myself when it was just me, you know? So like, you know, I would like list five things and then sometimes go take a break, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Now I'm just like, you know, I wish that I had had a little bit more structure in my business. Like this is the time that you must photograph. This is the time, you know, that you must um, get your listings up. This is the time that you should steam, like have a little bit more of a rigorous schedule, um, in a sense of like really treating it like, like a job, you know, where I know I did that, but I know I could have done more if that mm. makes sense. That's so interesting. Cause I'm sure people are listening. They're like, yep, that's me too. I feel yeah. like a lot of full-time sellers fall into that bracket of, thinking that you're structured, but then when you actually reflect on it, you're actually not that structured. So for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of like the reverse, I wish that I am, I wish I wasn't as structured as I am Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because it loses its allure real quick when you are so structured. Um, Mm -hmm. That's actually, that's one of the things. The second thing is I wish I, when I first started, I understood the importance of categorizing things in inventory and all that. Um, that was probably my biggest struggle was the inventory part of it and how important it was to create that system from day one, even though you only have a small supply, mm-hmm. um, that small supply quickly grows to a bigger supply and not yeah. having that system in place and having to do it when there's 400, 500 pieces is much harder than when there's 100 pieces or less. Uh, so I think that's a really important lesson that unfortunately many resellers have to go through when it comes to reselling. And that's usually one of the regrets of like, I should have done that because it makes a big difference for accounting, all these different things. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is truly understanding the accounting process that is important with reselling. I don't think it's not like, it's not glamorous. People don't want to talk about it, but like that backend stuff, Mm -hmm. is so critical and you just don't understand it when you first get in the game and it's not your fault because it's just not talked about in the community uh the way that it should be I think it's talked about a little bit more now because of all the like laws and regulations that are in place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but before it just wasn't talked about uh so yeah I wish I was a little less structured (laughs) I wish Mm -hmm. I had a better inventory system from the beginning Mm -hmm. and yeah, those are the things. But yes. I, there's always something. It's always something. It's always something. Yeah. Like, 
I, I was definitely structured. I would say, Danella, I know you would think like, yeah, I was structured. I've never had a death pile. You know, I was really yeah. good about my inventory system. I had everything all down and everything else, but it's always, you know, you're always your harshest critic. Oh, and you're always like, oh, I could have, I know myself. I'm like, I used to go into Boston once a week, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, I should have gone to Boston twice a week. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just little things like that that you think about. Cause like I used to source one day a week. While all retail. day though. All but I day. would do all day, yeah. all day. But I now think because of like being a mom, I realized how much more energy and not energy, but how much more I could do. Mm. And I just think to myself back then, I'm like, man, I could have, when I was just me, I could have done more. Yeah. But that's just me. And I know that there are other moms that feel that way once. Oh, I'm sure. They're like, I, um, <laughs> holy smokes. I, I wasted so much time. <laughs> I'm, I mean, this is no surprise to anyone who's listening to this or to Jen, but like, I'm the person who has everything time to the second millisecond. Okay. Like that's me. Like everything is literally timed. I time myself from when I get up, how long it takes me to get ready, what time exactly to the second I have to leave to make sure I get to work at this, but like, that's the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. And it is the most frustrating thing sometimes because I, I don't know how to shut it off. It's like impossible. I, I've always been like this. So it's like, that's just mm-hmm. the way my brain works. Um, so like relaxing, not doing anything. I don't comprehend that concept mm-hmm. um, because me relaxing and not doing something means that I'm wasting time. <laughs> like that's the way my brain works. And mm-hmm. I, I wish I could tell you how to fix it, but I don't have an answer to that because it's a continual process of learning how to, <laughs> how to live with it. Um, and it's probably one of my faults of like being the most punctual person at work, um, getting tests done in like minimal time, but like mm-hmm. accurately done mm-hmm. because it sets a tone of what, like, what people's expectations are of you. So when you do have an off day, and this can be applied to reselling, like if you're always go, go, go doing all these things, and then you have an off day, it just, the the balance is off. And like, Mm -hmm. people are like, what do you do? Like, what is this? This Mm -hmm. is not what you do. And then if you're your own boss, it's, well, I just completely failed. What, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird type A Capricorn OCD, like, Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And I, and I think the last thing that I wish I had done differently for me back then, you know, things are different now. Um, I do wish that I would have gone to the bins more and spend more time at the bins. Mm. I feel like I got so much, so much return on investment on the bins. Um, I used to go to the bins once a week and I would always go with somebody And I think to myself, I wish I would have gone more by myself, you know what I mean? And been fine with going by myself and just being like, screw it. Like I need to go more. Um, I did a lot of my sourcing too with, um, with someone, you know, like one of my really good friends and it was a social thing for me. It was really, really fun. And that's where it's like, Hmm, like maybe it probably would have been better if I had gone more by myself, you know what I mean? And like Mm. really focused on like, this is what my job, like I need to get this done maybe I could have gotten more things so just wanted that's interesting that that out there you Mm -hmm. always sourced with someone else that's true you did you always sourced with someone else yeah Yeah, I I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it you know to me it was like that was my social time now during the time in my life that's what I needed um you know I I had moved to Massachusetts I was alone I didn't have any friends and so that was my social hour and I I loved that I absolutely love that but if I wanted to take it to the next level like you know what I mean? I, sh- I, I think back and I'm like, mm, maybe I should have like been a little bit more serious about that part. You know, this but- is a great, th- this question has been great. It's just, we're just yeah. revealing all the things here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because to me, sourcing is a job and I can't stand it. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly don't enjoy going to a thrift store um, because I'd say seven times out of 10, I'm walking out with nothing. Um, which is why I'm leaning more into like online sourcing and all that, mm-hmm. because it's such a waste of time sometimes yeah. to go in. Yeah. I don't find enjoyment in it. And I think it's because I have niched myself so much that yeah, it's that not enjoyable sense. anymore. Yeah. And I think that back then it wasn't a problem with me sourcing with somebody else because there was so much 
there. Yes. Yes. You know, and so I um, remember people being like, aren't you like afraid that like this person's going to get all the good stuff? And it's like, no, we always ended up with like tons and tons of stuff. Both of us now, I would not do that at all because yeah. and part of this is reselling. This is going to be one of the questions that we'll talk about, you know, things yeah. that have changed. I would not source with someone else. I'm sorry. The honest truth is that there's just too much competition out there. There's there not enough stuff out there. There's not enough stuff at good prices out there. No, I would not do that that is something I would definitely like in if I were to do that again no there's no way there's no way yeah so many good points I love it all right Um, what's next what's next what's been the highlight of Thrifters Villa season four love the content this season well thank thank you you. (laughs) I think we took a a drastic turn this season but it was good it was um a turn that I think was needed to kind of focus more on um besides fashion and trends and history all that we love to do but like the community itself um yeah. I think it's been really nice to to see that aspect of it and having like people from all different areas and um mm-hmm. uh, uh selling niches like <laughs> however yeah. you want to say yeah. that um and so for me I think the one one of the high this is a lot of highlights like I think our trend reports have been spot on amazing this season I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna pat us on the back with that I think they've been um just great I think we've really changed the way that we've done them I think the last one people really enjoyed because it was actually different than the rest of the trend reports because everything was the same um so I I think that's definitely on the top and the second thing I think the reunion episodes have been fascinating to just sit down and hear where resellers are today um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people that were on in season one and season two, some of them aren't even reselling or are not reselling in the same capacity as they were. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it just shows people the evolution of life mm-hmm. and the evolution of careers and all of that. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, for me, the highlight has been our focus, like Danielle said, on the community itself. Yeah. And peeling back more the layers of resellers and not just focusing on the same questions, you know, mm-hmm. that you usually would, that usually would happen in, in let's be honest, in, in a podcast, right? Like with, mm-hmm. a, with a reseller, um, kind of diving a little bit deeper with folks. And I've been so um, grateful and thankful that our, 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 you know, people who have come on, our friends who have come on colleagues and everything have been really open to talk about their struggles, um, things that have changed within them. You know, I think a big turning point for us was really the the motherhood series where we focused a lot on that because so many resellers, we noticed, you know, we're, we're changing, you know, the, the, their family structure and like first time moms were coming on and, and like, how are they balancing with that? And I think that it was really nice to hear that because sometimes I think we focus so much on like, what is this person buying? What are they finding? What are they looking for? And then it's mm-hmm. like, wait, they're a human too. They're mm-hmm. people. They have the same struggles, the same insecurities, the same, you know, wins um, that we all do. And they're just like me, you know? And I think that that was really nice to hear. And I, I'm so thankful to our, um, you know, our, our wonderful guests who were so open and honest, you know, in these conversations. So to me, I think that was a really high highlight because I feel like that was definitely different, different content to what has been out there recently. You know, it's not all just like fun labels and like, you know what I mean? And like finding designer stuff at the thrift store for a dollar, like, sure that happens. There's a lot that goes behind that. And I think it was really nice to hear those stories. Yeah, I think, I think we both agree on that. I think the switch that we made, I mean, it shows the people who are listening every week and the numbers that have gone up, you know, the, you know, since last season and everything, I mean, we don't necessarily focus on numbers and stuff, but it's, it shows that people like that kind of content. I think people feel heard. I think people don't feel alone when they hear that. Um, especially when things have been really, really tough this year for a lot of people in our community. Uh, so yeah, I think those are the highlights and I'm sure there'll be more (laughs) as we go. Um, next one is okay. Patreon group one, uh, love your trend report magazine in the Patreon group. What made you start doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, I, so we'll, we'll just be honest here doing bonus episodes 
and trying to find like new content for bonus episodes is tough. It just is. That's just the way that it is. So we thought it would be nice um, to have something that's quarterly that someone can download that goes with an episode, but it's like a special extra touch with visuals, which Mm -hmm. I think is so important because yes, audio podcasts are great. um, But sometimes you just need that thing in hand that you can just see it and visualize what we're actually saying. Um, I mean, we still do. So we still do quote unquote bonus episodes, but the way that we do it is it's just an extended episode. You get extra content from the person that we've had on basically. Right. Um, we were trying to pump out additional content. And when we sat down last year, we were like, okay, how do we, how do we restructure this? Cause it's a lot to try to think of, and this is another question that's in here too, but it's, it's hard to think of new stuff all the time because there's only so many times that we can say that Same thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Again. Exactly. And I think that a lot of us are visual yeah. learners I know I am I'm definitely a visual learner I am not an audio learner at all <laughs> so for me it's it's really nice to actually see the trend that we're talking about um see the color that we're talking about mm-hmm. and have it all broken out in like a nice little magazine you know basically is what we do right a magazine yep. so that you can quickly reference things I mean I've always talked about this that like I use, I've been using Pinterest from day one with my business where I would just go and pin a bunch of label photos and just like capture that to memory. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the way that I capture to memory. You can list off and rifle off as many um, brands as you want. I need to see that brand's label. That's just who Mm -hmm. I am. And so for us, it's like, I think because we know that there are just people learn differently. Not everybody is an audio learner. So by being able to provide this, you know, to our Patreon group, it's also helping those individuals that we know that like, I need to actually have something in my hand that I can see and I can digest. Yeah. And I mean, it's a really fun, pretty thing to create. Like it's fun Mm -hmm. to put it together. Um, Okay. Next, what's something you think won't go away in reselling in 2024? And what is something you think will disappear in 2024? Oh, um, I don't think live selling is going away in 2024. I think that mm-hmm. I can confidently say that's not going anywhere. What do I think will disappear? Um, I don't know. That's hard. Oh, <laughs> um, that is hard. Yeah. Maybe. Unfortunately, you'll see probably less resellers, not necessarily a thing within reselling. I think you're going to see less resellers in the clothing community. I think mm-hmm. you're going to start to see more people pull away from that category because it's just very saturated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't think live selling is going anywhere. I, nope. I really did think it was just a fad and a trend. Um, but I'm seeing more and more people and I'm not saying anything bad about these people or anything like that, but I'm seeing more and more people who said they would never do it are doing it, are doing it. Yep. Because they know they see the writing on the wall and they're like, I have to do this to survive and keep my business going. That's okay. I've said plenty of times that I'm not going to do anything and I end up doing it anyway. So that's totally fine. That is not on you, but that's the trend that I see. So I don't see that going anywhere either with, with live selling. I think that it's still going to be really pushed and pushed and pushed more and more. Um, something that I think will disappear. I know I agree with you, Nella. I do think yes with, with the resellers, but, um, you know, I think something else that I know that I've definitely have been seeing disappearing completely is, um, it's so funny, cute mailers. Cute, oh, like that's personal, a good one. Yeah, personalized, yeah, yeah. personalized things that go with your, um, you know, with your sales. I do not see that at all anymore. I remember everybody was all about like Unipack or whatever it was. You yeah, know, yeah. having like I have the festive, you know, poly mailers, and I do like cute little like thank you for shopping at my store. Mm-hmm. But I don't see any of that anymore. I see everybody just doing the regular old USPS you know, Manila or not Manila folders, but the Trek. Yep. 
bags yep. or Amazon. We all shop on Amazon, so Amazon packaging, save I, all of it. <laughs> I shop a lot on Poshmark and I have not seen anybody make my packaging look nice in a very, very, very long time. I think all of that is going to completely disappear next year. I, well, people when don't you care think about, about it, well, that and everything's just so expensive now. Something's got to mm-hmm. give. And that yeah. honestly is one of the things that like you don't need in your business. No, people aren't even putting things in like plastic poly mailers anymore. That's like, no, it's I don't do like, it. I stopped last year. All it's set. In there. Yeah. Yeah. It's in there. So no, yeah. Jen, this question's for you. You know, it is Jen. Do you miss full-time reselling? Do you think you will ever go back? So do I miss full-time reselling? Um, I'll be honest with you. No, I don't. Um, I think if you would ask me a couple of years ago, I would have said, yes, I do. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because I'm just in a different season in my life right now. Um, I'm really glad that I'm not working for myself right now. And the reason why I, I, feel that way is because um, I'm not stressed, you know, about bringing in a certain amount of money, certain amount of income. Um, I'll be very honest too. Like I realized for myself, I am, I'm just not a stay at home mom type of person. Um, I think if you are, and you do this so that you can be with your kids, you are awesome. You are amazing. That is beautiful. And that is wonderful. But I see that um, my daughter is thriving in her school and what she does and that I can provide that for her with my steady income. Mm -hmm. Um, They're giving her a lot more than I feel like I could. You know, I have given her as much as I absolutely could. Um, But I, I, I don't miss it. I like that I'm part of a team again. I've missed that a lot. You know, I love working with people. I'm a very social person, as I'm sure you know, and Daniela knows I'm a very social person. Way more social than me. Way more social than me. (laughs) I am. I just don't do well when I'm by myself for very long. Um, That was really hard for me because a lot of it was me by myself doing that. Um, And I also find myself too, that um, I sometimes have a hard time holding myself accountable to, to getting things completed and done. Um, I feel like at work, I'm really thriving in what I do. I have a goal. I know what I need to get done. I know what I need to get accomplished. I know what I need to do to get to the next step. And I have found for myself that I I do well in structure. I do. Um, I know that might not be the answer that a lot of people want to hear, but that is, that is my truth. Um, what I do miss about full-time reselling, um, I miss, getting up the time that I want to having that freedom, that flexibility, you know, going sourcing, doing all that kind of stuff. But for me, I couldn't do it with my daughter. It was really hard for me to, and I see these moms taking their kids, the bins, taking them to the thrift stores. And I'm like, I don't know how they do it. Cause I couldn't do it. You know, it was really hard for me. Like Ellie would need to to feed or like I you know she would be tired or she would wake up and she'd get cranky and I and I didn't know what to do I have to get home like I'd have to rush home so it's like even if I was full-time reselling now um I don't even know if she'd be home with me <laughs> because I yeah. don't think I would get anything done you know so I think that that that's the big thing um but do I ever think I would go back yes absolutely but not in a full-time capacity I love 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 the thrill of the hunt I absolutely do. I always have loved it. I've always loved shopping, looking for the deal, getting the coupon, being like, you know, those types of people that like, look what I got and guess how much I spent on it kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that absolutely, I would love to go back when I have more time to dedicate to it and do it right, you know? Where I have my spots, I've got my places, I've done the research, I know where to go. I know the brands that I want to pick up, the things yeah. that I want to look at, the things that I want to photograph in my closet. I have things set up. I have a structured system in here in place. So absolutely, because I love the extra income. It's so much fun when I sell things of myself and I have that extra income. It's so much fun because I'm like, it's fun money for me now, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can buy my daughter new shoes for school, you know, or get myself a new dress that I've been wanting for like a party that's coming up or something, for example. Um, So I definitely want to go back, but I want to be able to give it the time that I feel like it deserves. And so that it, and it doesn't feel 
like it's a pain in my butt yeah. and that it's a task because that is something that I've learned. Like my time is very limited now and I don't want to spend time on things that I don't feel like are bringing me joy and yeah. that feel like a chore. I already have enough on my plate where, you know, like I'm taking care of my family. I, you know, I have, um, you know, relative that is sick that I, that I care for as well. That's a lot on my plate there. I am an absolute clean, clean freak. I love my house clean. My husband always tells me just let the toys sit there. I'm like, I can't, you know, so yep, yep. it's like, I, I have to set my priorities. So hopefully someday I can, um, but more on my terms. Yeah. More of like a fun hobbyist kind of thing where so. extra money is great. But like, if it doesn't happen one week, okay, it's fine. Or at least got a new sport that she's into and I need to hustle and get some extra money to buy that yeah. equipment. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. But the great thing about reselling, and I've always said that is, is that I'm so thankful that I've learned this skill that if tomorrow my day job, you know, the company folds or something happens mm -hmm. or, you know, like there's layoffs, I always have something to fall back on to make myself money. And I'm so thankful for that because to have that sense of security is, it, it's irreplaceable. Honestly, it's something that I'm so thankful that reselling has, has taught me that like, I know that I know how to make money and I can make good mm -hmm. money quick if I need to. Um, because, you know, sometimes if we don't have a job, it's not like another one just falls in place, you know, right. it takes time to find something. So in the meantime, I've got something that I can fall back on. Good answer, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see reselling in the future? Well, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that's safe to say. I personally think it's just going to be a more streamlined process. I think you're going to see it evolve in the way that people source and buy things. I, I think it's going to be hard to be an everything seller. Um, I think it's going to be hard to sell in certain categories because a lot of these brands are now coming up with their own ways to recollect mm -hmm. these items that are older and recycle them and repurpose them. Um, I think it's it's going to evolve every single year. I think secondhand is just really hot right now, which is also oh. making it hard for resellers to grow their businesses and see that same growth because a lot of consumers are now just going straight to the source, which is the thrift store or consignment store. So I think um, if you want to continue to succeed and continue to be in reselling, you have to evolve with what's happening around you. Yeah, I definitely see reselling becoming, like you said, more niche. Yeah. Um, you know, like people go to a specific person for a specific thing. Yep. I think that that is happening a lot more. Um, I know for myself, even as a buyer, I do that a lot. I, I follow specific resellers yep. that I know that have my size or um, have Ellie's size, you know, people who are have like kids who maybe are like a year older than Ellie and then they're selling their stuff. Like I go there and I repeat buy. I, I think you're going to see a lot of repeat buyers is going to be a big thing. And that you are going to build more of an audience with your clientele. I think it's going to be less one-off, mm -hmm. you know, sellers. I think if you create a niche for yourself, you're going to be able to find more and more people who will repeat sell from you. So um, it, it is kind of interesting because I think before that was not the case. It was just like, right. you know, um, let's do bread and butter. Let's do, you know, expensive brands. Let's do a little bit of men's too. Let's do a little bit of whatever shoes and bags and see how it all goes. And, um, I think that it needs to be just a little bit more tailored because there's a lot of competition out there. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people out there getting into this and not just like a lot of people, a lot of companies are getting yes. out there. Um, Goodwill thinks they're a reseller. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> true. You know, it's the thrift true. stores think they're resellers because they're selling things at very expensive prices. Um, and you know, it and people like me, people that are just selling their stuff, they're a lot smarter now. And they're realizing, like, oh, I can sell this dress for a lot more money mm -hmm. and not give it away. 
Like even I see it even on Facebook marketplace, people selling things for a lot more money than they did before. Yeah. I, I think people are learning and it's just changing. And I think another part of it is, so if you're a live seller, this applies to you too. You're building your audience. You're building your buyer clientele. I think it's going to be transferable. Whether you're doing a live sale, you're traditional, traditionally selling, you're building a book of clients. Mm-hmm. That's basically mm-hmm. what it, how I think. That's, that's our prediction. That's the way it's going to change. Yeah, yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is to me, Daniela, will you ever try live sales? <laughs> you mm-hmm. have the personality for it. And I would definitely watch it. And do you think they hurt the platforms? Um, never say never, but right now, no, <laughs> I mm-hmm. will not try live sales. Funny story, actually. Um, someone from Whatnot reached mm-hmm. out to me on Instagram today and said they saw my Poshmark closet and they would like for me to like, on board with whatnot. And my response to them was, thanks so much for reaching out. Um, live selling is not a part of my business model. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. no, I just, it's not, it's not for me. It's not what I want. Um, price point wise, it makes no sense. Time wise, it makes no sense for my business. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks for thinking I have the personality for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can absolutely put on a front and make it work. Um, but I also, one of the reasons why I love traditional reselling is the independence of it, not having to deal with anyone and just doing my own thing. And like, mm-hmm. that's it. No interactions. I interact enough during the day with people that like, I don't want to interact with anyone in this th- other thing that I do minus when I'm on here, obviously, uh, but this is different. Um, do I think it hurts the platform? No, I don't think it hurts any platform. Um, I think it just brings more buyers to the platform that if they're not finding what they want in the live sale, they're searching for it. So sorry, but it's Mm -hmm. not happening. Not, 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 not right now. (laughs) Or probably ever, but we're going to say not right now. (laughs) Not right now. We say never, never say never. Never say never, but also Uh, never. (laughs) All right, our next question. This one's a good one. What is the hardest thing about podcasting in a niche community? Hmm. Um, I think there's two things that come to mind and I'm sure more will as we keep talking, but I think mm-hmm. the first one is not trying to duplicate too much content that has been done before, either by ourselves or by other podcasters in the community. Um, you can't help it. It just, it happens. Uh, but you try not to do that as much as you can, or at least put a different spin on whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Um, and then to go off of content, I think, and this isn't no matter what you're doing, YouTube, podcasting, it doesn't matter, blogging, finding things that not only will relate to the people who are consuming your content, mm-hmm. but keeping it relatable yes but entertaining that's hard when Mm -hmm. you feel like it's the same thing over and over again even though you're changing the spin on it um I think niche podcasts have a lot of potential no matter what it is whether it's diet uh like dietitian type content uh workout content lifestyle content I don't care what it is it's all niche right Mm -hmm. um Building the audience is harder because there's only a specific group of people that really want to listen to it. But I think one of the biggest lessons is after four, almost five seasons now, um, you start to see other people come into your podcasting community that are not in that niche, which is interesting. But I also think that's because you evolve as the content evolves Mm -hmm. and it's more relatable to people. Um, when you include those extra things that aren't specific to just reselling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably one of the most important things if you're thinking about starting a podcast is you don't have to just talk about that one niche thing. You can talk about things that are related, but or a broader reach to consumers. Most definitely. Most definitely. I think that for us, how we've tried to evolve for us is like brand histories that we like to do, you know, talking, we don't necessarily just focus on like, what is this for reselling? You know, we talk about the brand itself and there could be people who are maybe 
not in our community that are just interested in like the brand history on stuff. I know I am, you know, yeah. like I want to know all about like certain brand history. So I would echo, I really wouldn't add anything else to that, Danielle. I think you said that perfectly, like echo exactly what you said, you know, it's yeah. like just coming up with content and not sounding like a broken record and saying the same mm-hmm. things over and over again is a really big thing or things that people have already heard multiple times from multiple different people. You know, yeah. it's, it's trying to find a different angle and looking at things from a different lens um, is definitely one of the toughest things that we have found um, and making sure that we're, we're providing content that people want to hear, you know, too. Yeah. Is the That's thing. valuable. That's valuable. Exactly. Like yeah. you're spending 40 minutes to an hour and a half with us. Like, well, I want to make it worth your time kind of thing. Um, this last one is great. Will there be a season five of Thurston's Villa? Yes, but to what capacity? We can't tell you yet because every year at the end of the year, we reevaluate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the, th- I think one of the major things that I'm thinking of that might change is kind of leaning more into the history and leaning more into like the fashion space of it um, because there have been people who have reached out to our Instagram page who are not resellers and really enjoy that content. And that broadens us to a totally new group of people um, that we can reach out to. And to be honest, it's really fun to do that stuff because it's still related to reselling, but in a totally different way. Um, I think it broadens the audience and everything, obviously still doing reseller related content. But I think when you reach season five, (laughs) it's hard to Find things that you haven't said. Right. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many things that we've already said. There's so many things that we've already done. Just go back to season two, three, four, whatever, and you'll find it there. I think a lot of newer resellers do start in season one and work their way up. But I think people that have been on this journey the entire time, it's like, well, do they really want to hear about tips about what to do to list something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like a list of things that we would use or whatever. Everybody's right. different. Everything. It's like, it doesn't really change. You need a phone and you need like light. Right. That's what you need. And like current events <laughs> isn't really our thing because Jen and I really aren't up on the current events and reselling because it's not where we are. Um, and and I think those who have stayed with us have kind of evolved with us too. And they, and, and they enjoyed the content that we're putting out. So um, yes, there'll be a season five. We just haven't really analyzed what that will look like yet. And it will always evolve and it will always change. Um, but I think the shift that we did this year will definitely continue to shift and change into, into next year. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great questions. I know. We should do these probably more often (laughs) because people like to hear what we have to say. Apparently our long-winded answers, but no, they were good. They were good reflective questions that um, make, make us think, you know, about things. And yeah, so that's it guys for this week. Um, I'm hoping next week I'll have a, uh, reunion episode for you guys but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen yet so you'll just have to stay tuned and see what's going to happen next week because I don't know yet <laughs> yes it could be potentially very exciting yes yes <laughs> the person who's coming on you're going to love yes <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for listening bye Thanks so much bye bye